Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we take a look at the draw for the group stage of qualifying for the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations, with Egypt, Guinea, Malawi and Ethiopia all in the same group. We assess the furious post-match comments of Orlando Pirates coach Manla Nikazi, claiming Simba used dirty tricks against them in Tanzania in a Confederation Cup match. Do you really think the hostility that we get when we come in? When Simba comes to South Africa, should we treat them that way? That's coming later. Plus, we have the third and final part of our interview with Samuel Osei Kufour, the former Ghana and Bayern Munich defender, this week speaking about how he coped with the death of his daughter, who drowned in a swimming pool. And lots on the English Premier League as the title race continues. But let's start then with the draw for the group stage of qualifying for the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations. It was held in Johannesburg in South Africa on Tuesday with the 48 teams drawn into 12 groups of four. The top two will qualify for the finals in Ivory Coast next year and the qualifiers will start on the 30th of May. Well, the hosts Ivory Coast are in Group H with Zambia, Comoros and Lesotho. They qualify automatically, irrespective of the results. Holders Senegal are in Group L with Benin, Mozambique and Rwanda. And perhaps, Ida, Group D is the toughest with Egypt, Guinea, Malawi and Ethiopia. Well, it's a tough one, Steve. Of course, Egypt are the out-and-out favourites here in their group. But could their route have been a bit easier? Sure thing. Don't forget that the three other teams you've mentioned there, well, they all made it to the last Afghan. And not only that, the likes of Guinea and Malawi, well, they made it to the last 16. So these aren't minnows, Steve. And the Pharaohs have had a horrible run of luck, at least of late, you know, losing out in the Afghan final, then again in a place at the FIFA World Cup. So they can't afford to take anything for granted here. Looking at Nigeria and in a bit of a 50-50 group, I mean, on one hand, they Sierra Leone, who the Super Eagles weren't able to beat, by the way, during the last qualifying campaign. But then there's also the likes of Guinea-Bissau, who Nigeria did away with, you know, at least pretty easily at the Afghan in Cameroon. So that leaves Sao Tome. Now, Don't forget that not everything is done and dusted, Steve, on this front at least, because Mauritius did protest the 4-3 aggregate loss they suffered to Sao Tome in the preliminaries, meaning that we have to wait on the outcome of that hearing to see which country competes in the group. But either way, you know, and I do say this with respect, of course, Nigeria should fancy their chances, you know, though, as we've seen, anything can happen in football. And Steve, that Sao Tome Mauritius hearing, well, it has me thinking that we actually have a few interesting situations going on in these qualifiers, actually, because Kenya and Zimbabwe have been included, yet their suspensions by FIFA were just recently ratified, you know, by the world governing body. So the only way they'll be allowed to compete, Steve, is if the bans are lifted by at least mid-May. 
the Gambia will also fancy their chances, Steve, of back-to-back Afghans after their debut in Cameroon. Now, despite getting to the quarters, they had to go through the preliminaries, you know, because of their low rankings when the original pots were drawn. Now, it's been a long process, but I'm sure that they're not too sad, you know, about the group. Say for Mali, who, you know, technically on paper look like a threat, but the Scorpions should look good, you know, against the likes of Congo and South Sudan. You've mentioned Senegal there, and it doesn't look like it will be too taxing. So let's see how everything will pan out. Yes, uh, thanks, Ida. And speaking of draws, the draw for the finals of the Africa Women's Cup of Nations takes place this coming Monday. Now, the second legs of the quarterfinals of the CAF Champions League and the Confederation Cup are on this weekend. In the Champions League, Petro Atletico of Angola have a 2-1 lead as they play away to South Africa's Mamelodi Sundowns. And holders Al-Athli have a slender 2-1 lead too as they are in Morocco to play Raja Casablanca. In the Confederation Cup, South Africa's Orlando Pirates host Simba of Tanzania, who won the first leg by a goal to nil. There were furious post-match comments from Pirates co-coach Manla Nikazi, claiming that Simba used dirty tricks against them in Dar es Salaam last Sunday. I don't think we deserve to lose. As Africans, let's change this mentality, that when opponents come to Tanzania, you ho- you're so hostile to them that you treat, like, treat them like animals. So inhuman, everywhere where we go, we so, we treated so badly. This is a game of sport that should unite us, but what you get here is hostility and all the abuse. Secondly, the rules are saying we are going to use VAR, but VAR was not used today. But why do Africans do this to other Africans? Do you really th- think the hostility that we get when we come here, when Simba comes to South Africa, should we treat them that way? Is that what you expect? The penalty they caught is not a penalty. The penalty that we got, it was not given. But listen to this. We are going to treat Simba with decency when they come. We are going to show them what is being a true African by giving them the best hospitality and treat them like human beings. You don't treat visitors the way we get treated here. And you should all be ashamed. That's the Orlando Pirates co-coach Manla Nikazi. And now the Simba chief executive Barbara Gomez issued a strong denial uh, refuting those allegations and warning that they would lodge a complaint to CAF over Mandla's comments. Simba were accused last year of using COVID as a weapon in last season's CAF Champions League by at least two of their opponents, accused of organising fake positive tests for their opponents, and again Simba denied those accusations. Uh, Well, Ida, we do hear these allegations of ill treatment and biased refereeing quite often in these continental competitions. This was a particularly strong outburst by the Orlando Pirates coach. It really was, Steve, and the back and forth hasn't been pretty either, you know, with Simba pretty much refuting any claims by the Orlando Pirates. Simba CEO Barbara Gonzalez also had some strong words of her own, by the way, saying that the same treatment that the Pirates received is what PSG would receive, for example, if Simba were to host them. And on a bit of a side note, I did find it interesting and ironic, actually, that it was a former Orlando Pirates player, Bernard Morrison, 
who won the penalty for Simba, and that was pretty much the starting point for everything else. I found that very ironic. But it's no lie that aside from the ill-treatment, you know, and the biased refereeing allegations, you know, several host teams in the continent were accused of using COVID, for example, as a weapon last year. Remember that? But I think even with a slim disadvantage, this is looking ahead to the return leg, it's still all to fight for for the Pirates. I mean, their record at home is definitely better than Simba's record away. Add to that the fact that the South African government has now allowed spectators back into the stadium, at least 50%. I mean, you know, that means that the Pirates can now have up to 20,000 fans cheering them on in the return leg. Well, controversial stuff indeed. Uh, Thanks, Ida. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Now, as the world of sport was saddened by the death of Cristiano Ronaldo's newborn son, we're going to the third and final part of our interview with Samuel Osei-Kufour, the former Ghana and Bayern Munich defender who won the UEFA Champions League in 2001, having suffered a heartbreaking defeat in the final to Manchester United in 1999, where United scored two stoppage time goals to win 2-1. In this in-depth interview with Erasmus Kwao in Accra from our archive, Kufour talks about a much bigger tragedy, the death of his daughter Godiva, who drowned in a swimming pool at home in 2003. And Kufour explained how his faith helped him. Well, I think it was a, you know, was a sad moment for every father. Or with that young age, you lost your daughter in your own house in the swimming pool. How many people were criticizing you because you make a swimming pool in your house, your daughter fall in and died? Am I the only one who made a swimming pool in his house? No. I'm not the only one who my daughter died. So I was taking the credits in the good faith, but people were also mourning with me because they know it wasn't my fault. Uh, if God bless you, you need to really want to enjoy your life. So I left, and my ex-wife called me and just said, you know what, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. So the daughter died. I just flew to Ghana. <laughs> I was crying. I was asking questions to God. I asked God so many questions. Why me? I asked God, why me? That my daughter have to die. Why me? God, why me? I was crying, asking God questions. But I also asked myself a question. Why not you? I asked myself a question. Why not you? What Look response at you. did you get from God? I asked a question. I just say, you know what? Why not you? I asked myself a question. Why not you? Look at you. Look at your career. Look at what you have achieved in your life. Look at the, the, the properties you have. Look at what you have achieved. Why not you? And I just settled down. After asking those questions, I just calmed down. And I was laughing. And the people who come to my house, they see me laughing. They see me joking with them. Wow, this boy has a strong heart. Yes, I need that, that moment. I need it. I need it because he knew that this thing will happen from the one that the child was born. God knew that I will find myself in that situation. So a pastor came to me and he said to me, God said, I should tell you, you have two boys. And then <laughs> exactly 10 months, I have a son. And when I was young, I used to read, we call it the book of my Bible story. I used to read it a lot and I like David. 
So I asked God, and I said to God, Oh God, if I have a son, I will name him David. That's what I said to myself. But as soon as I have my son, I changed my mind. I said to God, I want to name him after me. Because my name is Samoa. I want to name this child Samoa. And I named my son Samoa. And exactly one and a half years, I have another son. And I said, God, this is the son that I promised that I will give it to you. So I named my son David. So, you know, nothing happened by accident. It's a reason and people. He took one from me and gave me two. The sadness has been wiped away and now happiness is coming. That's what I said. When you know there's a time and season, you never make mistakes. And how are you raising these kids, you know, with your, with your background as a follower of Jesus Christ and your dedication, you know, dedicating them to God? Well, these children are really doing amazing. They're also footballers now. Two of them are playing the West Ham. And then, you know, for me, if I see them playing, I always say to God, a glory to God, because the children, I never expect to get them. And God provided uh, them to me, and I know they will be better than me in future. Are they also defenders? Junior is playing, uh, he can play central defender, he can play the holding midfield, but the Davis is left-footed, he is like Messi. <laughs> well, at a point, there was talk of you becoming a minister after your playing career. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's been a while since you stopped playing football. How, how far have you gone with that plan? Well, the plan is still exists because I don't want to rush myself into things. There's so many people who can go to underwear's and get powers to come and just do miracles. I don't want to do that. I don't want to deceive myself. I don't want to deceive people. I don't want to deceive God. I want the right time to come. I'm still in the process, and I believe, and I'm sure, I have so much faith that it will come, and it will be amazing. Like, Samik of War now is a man of God, and how many people will tend to go, get to know God, because there is nothing that I can pay him back. The only thing that I can pay him back is to draw people close to him. So for me... My dream still exists, being a man of God. So I want everybody who will listen to me to know that there's God who can turn things around. Don't be frustrated about anything. Jesus is always there for you. So far as you are alive, there's a hope. And so far as there's hope, there's a life. So you can turn things around. Don't look at somebody and just say, why me? That's the problem that we the, we, we the poor ones. We always compare ourselves to the other people. Don't compare yourself to any, anybody just try to be yourself. God knows better than you do. God knows how we created for you to be who you are. Never doubt you about God. God is always there for you. Well, that's former Ghana and Bayern Munich defender Sami Kufour talking to Erasmus Quell on his football, his life and his faith. This interview taken from our archive back in 2016. Now, on our website, there are lots more stories on how sports stars have found inspiration and strength in tough times through their faith in Jesus. It's in a section called Finding Faith. That's on our website, planetsport.tv. And at the top on the left, you click on About Us and then click on our Finding Faith section. That's on our website, planetsport.tv. Let's go to social media now. And last week we asked, what's the solution for Manchester United? A United's prospect of a top four finisher not looking good. And they've already been knocked out of this season's Champions League. It seems like maybe Ronaldo and manager Ralph Ranić have not helped with turning around the club's fortunes. 
And with Eric Ten Hag taking over as manager next season, we asked, what do you think the solution is? With the comments, here's Planet Sport Football Africa's Ephraim Tagu. Thanks, Steve. And I should say that we asked this uh, before Ronaldo's hat-trick in the win over Norwich City and the 4-0 loss to Liverpool. So let's start with Henry Tatao Ekambi in Cameroon, who says, The real problem with United is Ronaldo. He came and all the focus was on him, and all he can do is score in some matches. He does not contribute to the team otherwise. United were second last year and finalists in the Europa League. They were third two years ago, and this year they can't even achieve a top-four finish. Divin Razi in Dubai says that uh, Ronaldo and Jadon Sancho are the problem at Manchester United. Manchester United need to let them go, then there will be change. Nimli Lafour in Liberia says, let him forget about Ronaldo and focus on the defense because Ronaldo is not the problem. Emonike Alfred in Nigeria says, defense is Manchester United's problem. Now, there was a lot of criticism for defender Harry Maguire and Ede Franklin Jr. in Nigeria says, for Ten Hag to succeed, he needs to sell Harry Maguire first. And Kemi Asiam a joke to saying there are four things to be done. Sell Maguire. Number two, sell Maguire. Number three, sell Maguire. And finally, the fourth thing, don't stop selling Maguire. And uh, Jasper Achigozirim in Nigeria says uh, they should sell all the players with the exception of Bruno Fernandes and David De Gea and start all over again. Emmanuel in Kenya says that Ronaldo should go. Demi Lola Samson Ogunremi in Nigeria says, get a young striker and a young creative midfielder, sell Maguire and give the captain's armband to a player that has good leadership behavior. Obi Ike says, Manchester United's players lost their confidence a very, very long time ago. That's the linkage about their winning ways. Do away with players with ego problems and let the humble ones stay. Now, Modu Akebs Soe says, All I think is that Eric Ten Hag's head is very clear and shiny, so I hope he can clear Manchester United and make them shine again. Uh, Peter Oluma says, I think people should start using the name Manchester City, not United, because United is just like a show. Now, on uh, Eric Ten Hag's uh, prospects, Limbani Sly Sempani says he's not going to last long at Manchester United. It's a failed project. Alex Ime in Nigeria says, I believe he will do well. Wachira in Kenya says, I think he should be given a chance to prove us wrong. And Javier Hernandez says he should be given a free chance to work and not to be controlled by management. The club should allow him to buy whoever he wants. And Vince in Equatorial Guinea says the appointment is a right step towards sustainable development. Marshmallow is from South Sudan and living in the USA. He says Manchester United is a dead object, a failed project. But now Yao in Ghana still believes and says United will surely qualify for the Champions League. And in the Gambia, Bolong Baji says for Manchester United to bounce back, they need a coach with a winning experience to make them very reliable, to be able to open up a five-man defense whilst uh, on the offensive, also stopping teams that attack aggressively. Also, Ronaldo won't deliver as expected due to the lack of a supporting striker, which he always gets 
when he's playing for the Portuguese national team. Uh, so, Steve, a lot of um, concerns are from listeners over the state of the club and many feeling more new players are needed. And some are optimistic that Eric Ten Hag can turn around the fortunes of the club. Yes, so we shall see Ten Hag officially appointed on Thursday on a three-year contract starting next season. Thanks, Ephraim. That's the Planet Sport Football Africa's Ephraim Tagu. And thanks to everyone who got in touch. One other comment on a different issue came to us from Ansumana Jame, who's a police officer in the Gambia. Ansumana said, can we let FIFA give Ukraine a direct qualification to the World Cup? This would make it a most wonderful World Cup, says Ansumana. Yes, a comment there on the conflict in Ukraine. Uh, however, Ukraine must play Scotland in the semi-finals of the playoffs at the start of June. If they win, they then play Wales for a place at the finals in Qatar. Well, let's now go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir in the UK. Exciting at the top, Liverpool and Man City with midweek wins. And what a game between those two sides in their FA Cup semi-final last weekend, Stuart. Liverpool already holders of the League Cup are on course to win the four trophies following a 3-2 win over Manchester City in the FA Cup. Now Liverpool were 3-0 up at half-time with two goals from Sergio Mane uh, with Manchester City getting two second-half goals. And what a year it's been for Mane, helping Senegal to win the AFCON, qualify for the World Cup, He scored 14 league goals as well as 11 goals in uh, cup matches and for his country. And his goals have come at a good time because Mo Salah scored this week, but that was ending a run of 13 games he had not scored for Liverpool in open play. With Chelsea winning the other cup semi-final, it means for the first time since 1993, the same two clubs, this time Chelsea and Liverpool will meet in the FA Cup final, having already met in the League Cup final. And another remarkable statistic about the FA Cup is that this is the third year in a row that Chelsea and Manchester City have been in the FA Cup semi-finals. Chelsea have won all three times, and Manchester City have lost all three. Then Liverpool followed up their FA Cup win by beating Manchester United 4-0. Remember... The score earlier in the season was 5-0 at Old Trafford. Real embarrassment for United, who were frankly outclassed, behind after four minutes and never in the game. United only had 28% of possession at Anfield, leaving the Liverpool supporters chanting, the ball, the ball, they haven't got the ball. Liverpool are in a great run, but United look very inadequate in all departments. The win put Liverpool top of the table, but only for 24 hours, uh, with Manchester City beating Brighton to regain the lead. Now, Manchester United did give a first league appearance of the season to Hannibal Mebry, who came on for the last seven minutes and certainly looked lively. The 19-year-old made two appearances for Tunisia in the AFCON and was on the pitch when Tunisia secured qualification for the World Cup so he could have great things ahead of him. Now, the competition for fourth place and that Champions League place continues to be very strange. Tottenham and Arsenal are equal, with Manchester United three points behind, but none of them seems capable of putting a sequence of results together. Remember, Tottenham beat Newcastle 5-1 and Aston Villa 4-0, then they lost to Brighton. Arsenal came off three consecutive defeats, 
to Crystal Palace, Brighton and Southampton to produce a brilliant 4-2 win at Chelsea with Eddie Kitaya, uh, an English player from a Ghanaian family, scoring twice and Bukayo Saka, whose family are Nigerian, scoring as well. Manchester United have lost to Everton, only just managed to beat Norwich City and were hammered by Liverpool. You could really ask if any of those clubs deserve a Champions League place. Yeah, it's a, such a tight race there for fourth place in the English Premier League. And uh, down in the relegation zone, a somewhat controversial decision by Burnley to fire their manager, Sean Dyche. Uh, ten years he's been in charge of the club and only eight games to go. Uh, four points away from safety. It seems like a massive, massive gamble that the club has taken, Stuart. Yeah, he's the longest serving manager in the Premier League, having been at Burnley since 2012. When he joined the club, they were in the championship, but he immediately got them promoted to the Premier League, but relegated again, and then promoted again, and they've stayed in the Premier League ever since. 2018, they finished seventh and qualified for the Europa League, but this season they've struggled with wins. Only four wins in 31, and the owners decided it was time for a change. But with a population of only 70,000, Burnley is probably the smallest town to have a Premier League team, and consequently their budget is one of the smallest. And I think it's been a magnificent achievement by Dash to keep them in the division for so long. But it's one of the less attractive aspects of the Premier League that owners quickly get impatient and fire the manager. In Burnley's first game under a temporary manager, they drew 1-1 with West Ham, with their Iborian Maxwell Corney having a very strange game. Burnley took the lead with a header from Corney's corner. Then Corney was through and goal and was brought down by Fabianski. Corney took the penalty himself but shot wide. And finally Corney committed a foul and West Ham equalised from the free kick. Ironically, that was Burnley's first penalty of the season, meaning now that all 20 Premier League clubs have had at least one penalty awarded. But during the time that Burnley got one, Liverpool have had eight penalties. But then I suppose Liverpool do attack a bit more than Burnley. <laughs> Indeed. Well, There's a terrible penalty from uh, Maxwell Cornet. We'll see if they survive or not. But uh, Fulham are back in the English Premier League next season, Stuart. Yes, um, and two African players have been influential in helping Fulham to get back into the Premier League. French-born DR Congo international Neskins Cabano has scored nine goals in the league this season. And yes, if you're wondering, he is called Neskins because his dad was a fan of Johan Neskins, the old Ajax and Barcelona star. And also Jean Serri from Ivory Coast is playing regularly. Fulham were relegated in 2014 and spent four years in the championship. Then they were promoted in 2018 relegated in 2019, promoted in 2020, relegated in 2021, and now promoted in 2022. <laughs> what else have we got for us, Stuart? It's been a sad week for Cristiano Ronaldo, as we mentioned. He scored all three goals for Manchester United as he beat Norwich 3-2, but then announced that one of the twins to whom his wife had given birth was born dead. And in a lovely gesture, setting aside club animosity, the entire crowd in the Liverpool-Manchester United game applauded together after seven minutes of the game. Seven as in Ronaldo's shirt number.
And going back to Ronaldo's goals, that was his 50th club hat-trick. And his third goal was from a direct free kick. The 58th time he has scored a direct free kick for club and country. An amazing record. And Brentford moved up to 11th in the Premier League table with a win at Watford. Christian Norgard scored the first goal and Pontus Janssen scored the second from Christian Eriksen's free kick. Very appropriate, you might say, Steve, to have two Christians involved on Easter weekend. <laughs> very clever. Thanks very much, Stuart. That's Stuart Weir in the UK. Uh, right before we go, this week on social media, we're asking what do you think about Liverpool's support for Cristiano Ronaldo, who's thanked the Liverpool fans after they stood and applauded in tribute in the seventh minute of Man City's game at Anfield on Tuesday after the tragic passing of his newborn son. One world, one sport, one global family. Thanks, Anfield, said Ronaldo on Instagram, adding, me and my family will never forget this moment of respect and compassion. So what do you think about what the Liverpool fans did for Ronaldo? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. But that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers and Ephraim Tagu in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.